The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Just recently we passed the two-year anniversary of the execution in Bali of the Bali Nine duo, Myron Sukumaran and Andrew Chan. Well, there is a new film that seeks to capture the duo's legacy of faith and redemption in a bid to help abolish the death penalty in Indonesia. The Reverend Christy Buckingham was a spiritual advisor to Myron Sukumaran and has given her support to Three Kings Pictures to make a film about their deaths on the island, which is known as Execution Island. Uh, Let's get some insights into what happened two years ago and the film that is likely to be in production before too long. Uh, Christy Buckingham, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Lovely to be with you. Christy, uh, remind us, you were very close to Myron Sukumaran and Andrew Chan before they were executed. Yes, that's right, uh, Neil. I'd actually uh, had a very close girlfriend who I went to Bible college with who worked in Bali and had been working in a prison for about 17 years and knew the boys from when they were originally incarcerated. In fact, she actually baptised uh, Andrew Chan and uh, so uh, she had actually asked me if we'd like to go in and visit them. But I, I was concerned about intruding on their privacy. And then in 2012, um, my husband and I were both in Indonesia at the same time. And the boys had heard that we were doing a conference. And they said, would we come in and pray for them? And I thought, well, you know, following the scripture, I was in prison and you visited me. It's the very least I could do. And to be honest with you, even though I grew up uh, in prison ministry and with prison ministry in Northern Ireland with a background there um, during the Troubles, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect in this situation. And I was met by Andrew on that occasion and we chatted to him and prayed with him and shared stories and uh, then had a chat with Mayu, and Mayu took me to the art area, and we chatted. And to both boys, we gave the same, uh, I guess, uh, throwaway line, which was, if there's ever anything we can do to help, we'd be more than happy to help. And we really meant it. And within two weeks, both boys had uh, reached out to us in different ways um, to help with different projects. Andrew with uh, church projects, and I must say that there were so many people involved up to that time and including that time and beyond that time. It wasn't just us that was involved with with helping either of them. Uh, But there were some areas that they uh, particularly wanted assistance with and we were very happy to to help them with. So, Christy, you in fact had made a promise uh, to Myron Sukumaran that his death would not be in vain. And so a fight now to 
put an end to the death penalty in Indonesia would be a way of honouring that promise. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the, the thing is that uh, the, both boys had become incredibly reformed but, and they were the real deal. And Mayu and Andrew both helped others in the prison. And so really what happened was Mayu asked me one day, he said to me, if this thing goes the wrong way, he said, will you use your voice to speak out against the death penalty? And Andrew had asked me the same thing. And I said, yes, I will. No matter what way it happens, you, you have my word. I will speak to whomever, wherever, however I can, whether that's one person or a thousand person, a thousand people. And so when I've done that, as, as the doors have opened, as the Lord has opened the doors, I have just obediently walked through them, often with a lot of criticism, um, but mostly knowing that the hand of God is on this because the the last execution that we should have ever seen was that of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago because if we really believe that he took the sins of the world upon him, then why would we be punishing somebody in this way in 2017? Christy, you were so close to these two. You, in fact, uh, had something of a... Of a, and I'm careful using the word privilege, but there is a sense in which you had the opportunity to be with these two right up until the very end. You were on yes. Execution Island on the night that they were executed. Yes, I was, and uh, I would see it as it was a, a huge responsibility, but also an incredible honour. And I watched these two young men, along with the others that they were leading. Um, Working from a place of strength in in God, uh, working, showing their values right up to the very end. You know, I had two separate conversations with boys one time, and they said, because I said, you know, you may not reach some of your goals in life, but you can live and die according to your values. And both of them, in almost the same order, said that their values were courage, kindness, forgiveness, and uh, being able to be compassionate to others. And so I, I said to Mayu, well, you know, this, while, while we walk out of here tonight, you can be courageous, you can be kind, you can show forgiveness, and you can show compassion. And it was phenomenal to see as we walked out, and he sang Amazing Grace, and others just hummed along with him, and people were crying, people were, some of the, the, the military were lowering their masks, showing that, that they were they were respecting these boys but had to do these jobs and he was saying you know I know you have to do your job and then he was asking God for forgiveness for them and he was forgiving them and then he prayed a blessing on Indonesia showing that compassion on these people that really were being led into this murderous slaughtering situation um, uh, which was really a power play and it was the most tragic event but in the midst of the tragic event there was an incredibly tangible sense of the presence of God as the people of God around the world were being pulled into this story and that everybody deserves a second chance. And so to be so close and to be in that moment, whilst it was a horrendous moment, it was also a holy moment. And that has changed my life irreversibly. Christy, we know the two were found guilty of a crime. 
and sentenced to be executed. And in that time, they'd had a wonderful encounter with Christ, a transformed life. And the battle that went on to try and have a stay of the execution and to spare their lives, and it wasn't to be. But you were there on Execution Island that night, and you had observed their journey through to that point of execution. And you've seen the difference that a faith in Christ can make on someone who is facing the ultimate end, uh, execution. How do you describe the strength that comes upon an individual, as you were saying, as they're able to sing uh, hymns and praise to God as they're facing the executioners? How do you describe that faith and the strength and courage that comes in the heart of a believer? Yeah, and it is, it's absolutely extraordinary because obviously as a pastor, I've been with many people when they've passed away, but normally it's been because of illness or an accident and it's brought relief. But it's actually to witness, to see that nothing can separate us from the love of God, nothing, to actually see that and to see the confidence. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had have been frightened, but they weren't frightened. Mayu wasn't frightened. And he said to me, Christy, I want to do this right and I said, well, the Bible says we enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with praise. And he said, well, I know the song. And he said, Andrew will, you know, Andrew loves this song too. And it was uh, Matt Redmond's song, 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord, O oh My Soul. And they were actually singing that song uh, when the gunshots went off. And they were singing one minute and silence the next. But the silence was only here on earth because they were singing in heaven as they had been released from from this um, this situation, and the boys, you know, they 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 never asked to be set free outside of Korobakan. They wanted to help other Indonesians. They just thought that after having reformed, uh, their lives would be better used in the war against drugs by teaching others. Mayu, and this is a very encouraging thing to me. Mayu had been brought up in a Christian home, a beautiful family. And he'd put those things aside. He got in with the wrong crowd, put those things aside. But as his execution was drawing near, as things were getting closer, even um, the year before, he was saying, pray, you know, pray for my family, pray for me. He was calling upon those things. And it, it, he said, it's like putting away a box of precious things and saying, I have no use for this at the moment, but then pulling it out and recognizing each one. And he said, songs are coming to mind. This was in the last days. Songs were coming to mind that I'd forgotten I'd learnt. And um, scriptures were coming to his mind. All these things that have been put into him as a young boy. And there is no question at all that their their faith, it wasn't just a bravado. It wasn't just, um, you know, a, a, a hyped up, um, you know, situation. It was a genuine faith. And it was, it was the experience of the... the the goodness of God meeting and exhaling, going beyond the evilness of men and the sacredness of the night, um, you know, in the midst of slaughter. It is so hard to put into words, but the, their, their strength, they were transitioning before. Anyone who's been with somebody who's passed away would understand what I mean. They're, they were transitioning before my eyes. I could see that they were becoming, uh, that, that God's love was just pouring out of them. I remember at one point, um, the man was tying Mayu to the pole and he was checking that 
that Miley's hands weren't too tight. And Miley said, it's okay, it's okay. You know, you're just doing your job. And he was trying to to be kind to this man who was tying him there to be executed. An incredible, incredible thing to witness. Christy Buckingham is our guest. We are talking about a new film that is likely to go into production before too long. It's going to be produced by a company called Three Kings Pictures. And I know that there is a uh, philanthropic uh, support request. In other words, uh, they're looking for some dollars to support the project. And there is a website that people can go to if you're interested to find out more and perhaps make a donation towards that. Uh, that's uh, threekingspictures.com. Christy Buckingham is our guest. And as you can hear, an emotional story that we are telling. Uh, we'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're taking some time to talk about a new documentary film that is going into production very soon. It's called Execution Island and tells the story of two of the Bali Nine, Myron Sukumaran and Andrew Chan. Just recently, we passed the two-year anniversary of their execution in Bali. Before the two were executed, they'd spoken to their pastor, Christy Buckingham, and she'd made a promise that their deaths would not be in vain and that she would do something to give their lives a voice. And so the idea of abolishing the death penalty in Indonesia has been one of the goals. Uh, Christy, as we talk about that sort of goal, how realistic is it that a documentary film or that uh, being a spokesperson on behalf of this too, uh, that it can be heard in the corridors of power in Indonesia? Uh, what are your thoughts about the possibilities of the end of the death penalty there? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say that certainly we have found that in Australia conversation about the death penalty, uh, when we have a conversation with people and we actually are able to bring them to a reasonable place where we say, number one, the, the evidence-based research is that the death penalty is not a deterrent. It is not a deterrent. Uh, so if you're trying to stop drugs, the death penalty is not the way to go. And we also say that, um, that uh, people... Uh, need a chance to reform, in other words, restorative justice rather than um, retributive justice is what we need to aim for. We're seeing certainly a move in different countries. Um, uh, even with Indonesia, uh, they do have a place in their in their law which states um, that if the condemned is uh, rehabilitated and remains rehabilitated for 10 years, they will not be executed. So Indonesia is certainly saying from the boy's death that uh, the world is looking at them, the United Nations is looking at them, and this is obviously um, a complete violation of, of human rights to take somebody's life. And we do know in this case that the boys were guilty, but we also know plenty of cases where people have not been guilty, and this punishment is irreversible. You can't bring somebody back from the dead again. And as Christians, there should be no place for it in New Testament Christianity. It never ceases to amaze me, Neil, that when people are talking about justice for others, they use the eye for an eye quote. When they're talking about justice for themselves, they want the, the grace quote. And so um, we're definitely seeing a movement towards abolition and a movement towards uh, uh, 
seeing changes. We're seeing people standing up and saying, this is barbaric, it's draconian, it is no longer necessary, it is a complete waste of human life. And when people are educated, when they actually find out, um, you know, people say, oh, you know, we should just, you know, kill people because it's less expensive than, than, than keeping them alive. When they actually find out the details behind that, they actually find out the facts and they actually find out that it is not a deterrent um, and I'm educated, like I mentioned, then minds are changing. And I don't mind, I go into schools and talk about this, I don't mind if the minds change one by one uh, as long as we're getting somewhere because everyone that turns towards mercy, uh, everyone who turns towards grace is converting towards the way God thinks about us. And I know that that night God's heart was broken that these boys' lives were taken because it's certainly um, uh, it's certainly not uh, you know in the mind of Christ to after we've had the death and resurrection of Jesus and He has paid the price for our sins there should be no place for this in in our lives. In fact, the prison governor described the two as model prisoners and even testified to that in court. And, of course, they were executed even though they were being a positive influence on others who were in the prison at the time. Uh, If the prison governor's word can't be taken, uh, I suspect there's not too many higher authorities who can vouch for uh, two men like these. Uh, So it really is an entrenched law, isn't it? But but there was an obvious transformation that had happened in the lives of this two. Obvious transformation. And, yes, it, it became a, a real political battle. I mean, you had six previous prime ministers from Australia who wrote a letter um, asking for the boy's life, for them to have clemency. Um, you know, unprecedented things happened in Parliament here in Australia. Uh, and yet there was no even communication with our foreign office and their, they refused to take phone calls um, Mr. Abbott, uh, Jacoby refused phone calls from Mr. Abbott. So we were clearly in the midst of something much bigger than than the situation of two boys' lives. And you know what? They became very aware of that. I remember during the, the campaign, Andrew had um, you know put this hashtag Keep Hope Alive, and I said, you know, this could this could look really well if you're you know if you're dead. And he said, yes, but Christy, you don't get it. It's about keeping hope alive that the death penalty will end. And since they've been executed, on that night, there was one person reprieved, which was Mary Jane. And then the next executions that were held after that, there was, uh, which was in January this year, um, there was meant to be 14 people executed and there ended up being four people executed. So whilst it's still four too many, we're seeing changes, we're seeing things shifting. Even if it is a slow march, it is still we're still heading in the right direction. Um, although there are other countries like Pakistan and Iran and Syria and China, which we have no even idea of how many people they execute. Um, I saw today in the paper um, a 14-year-old boy was thrown off the top of a building executed in uh, in Syria, just incredible, incredible. Um, I imagine not human life. I imagine that a lot of the new documentary will be your insights that happened on Execution Island on the night the two were executed. 
and you'll be reflecting on those, and no doubt there'd be reenactments. Uh, the idea of the duo hugging the guards before their death and choosing not to wear blindfolds. Uh, this sort of thing will be a necessary component and no doubt will be a tugging at the heartstrings and that'll be the intention, won't it? Because uh, when we reflect on this too, uh, you hope that there'll be change to a system which looks to be all wrong or too tight. Uh, so the idea will be that there will be, it'll be an emotional documentary. Well, I... I I don't know the art form exactly that um, Three Kings want to take. I do know that their main push is to um, talk about the boy's faith in in the process, which has not been explored yet. There are, are going to be many uh, things done on the boys, as you can imagine, over the years. The other uh, documentary, which is a hybrid documentary called Guilty, that is happening at the moment, is going to discuss Myran's artwork and his rehabilitation through art and will include scenes of exactly what you've described. Um, so, but with Three Kings, the, the actual focus is uh, how can a Christian face something as horrendous as the death penalty in such a composed and courageous way? Would your faith, would my faith manage those things? And um, so it's it's really going, from my understanding, it's going to be an exploration um, of faced with with knowing the date and hour of your death, how would you live your life? And certainly there was things that I saw in those boys. I, I recall we were delayed four hours, and that was the day Andrew got married. And uh, we were delayed four hours. And when you're counting down the hours and you're delayed four hours, that could be something that could make you very angry. And both boys within seconds had recovered from that uh, situation and got on to the important things, Andrew getting married and uh, Mayoran talking with his family. And that was an enormous lesson for me about how much time we waste on things that we can't change and how important it is to get our priorities right. And that has never left me. And there's other lessons like that that uh, I know that that I have been able to share with other Christians. I've had people come up to me after church, speaking at churches, and they said, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. And I've said to them quite clearly, you don't know what you can do until you see God's grace equal what it is that you're facing. And I think that's what we hope to portray in this. Well, Christy, it is certainly a significant testimony and you're very much a part of that and the plan would be that you would be narrator of a documentary-style film and the organisation, the company that is looking to do that production is called Three Kings Pictures. There is a website called threekingspictures.com and you can make contact there and I did mention earlier that they are looking for some funding and seeking some philanthropic support for the project and so would certainly like to hear from people who might like to get behind that project. I should mention that there is also another film called Guilty which is about art and rehabilitation. This is a separate project to that one. This one is likely to be called a, a production title called Execution Island. And Christy Buckingham has been sharing her heart uh, with us about the project and remembering some of those events that happened on the night that those two, Myron Sukumaran and Andrew Chan, were executed 
on that island called Execution Island. Uh, Christy, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today and uh, all the best with the fundraising for the documentary and for the challenge that you have ahead of you in fulfilling the promises that you made to uh, those two members of the Bali Nine. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Appreciate that. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.